You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm. Episode number 281. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advance Local. Wow. It's been a little while, but uh, what a I know. crazy time, huh? Like, oh. be doing like the job of four people, I think. I know. It's very, very, very good for Brasco to put together those best of episodes the past couple of weeks. That, that was really helpful for me, especially through the holidays. Yeah, it sounds like you were saying you only had two days off, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I did the research. I'm one of the 51% of Americans that didn't get to use all their vacation last year. So. 51%. That's sad. Oh, my God. I know. It is. It's horrible. But a lot of work to do, a lot, a lot of great things happening here, so I'm, it's fun to come in and do it, even though it had to happen over the holidays. I'm excited. Yeah, well, so you had some pretty good news you posted the other day. Why don't you share it? Oh, yeah. So so my, my team here at Advance, we're evolving. Um, we're actually going to grow by close to 500% personnel. I'm hiring a whole bunch of people. Um, we, we pretty much reached the max of what we can do efficiently and, and pr- keep providing the kind of quality I demand from my team. So I, I got, I've been working on it for months and months and months. Got a business plan through the, through the company, and they're letting me expand dramatically this year. So I'm excited. We're growing, and we're growing fast, and, and it's wonderful things to come this year so again if you're in northeast ohio looking for a job in seo come work for me um and one of the benefits is uh, you get front row seats to live recordings of the seo 101 podcast (laughs) 
Well, you know, if, if Advance just bought my company, they'd have a nice little office in Victoria, and they yeah, yeah, own the CO101. That's true, and, and it would be good because what's the Canadian dollars, like 50 cents on the U.S. dollar or something like that? So. <laughs> well, not all the time. Not Canadians, anyway. But yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it'd be pretty good. A little bit of exchange rate is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's okay. You, you know, you, you can afford to. They can afford to spend a million plus or something. And it's nothing. The, the one thing we have to change though is Scott would have to report to me so I could harass the hell out of him. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> he and I can just commiserate. Then I won't be his boss anymore. I'll be all right. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, it's a new year, 2017. It. It's ridiculous how fast last year went. In fact, uh, I, this is the first year ever that we didn't even do a countdown. I was with the kids, the family at a friend's place, and we were just talking too much. We we're going to do a nine a.m. a nine p.m. one because the kids go to bed early. Yeah. And it was nine oh four. We're like, oops, <laughs> forgot. <laughs> oh no. Uh, it just it was a good it was a good example of how the whole year's gone. You know, you know that Nick. That, who is it? Netflix has that show. They they actually broadcast it like at nine o'clock for kids. It basically pretends that it's New Year's at midnight, so that they, they can put the kids to bed early. They actually have all the cartoon characters. They do they do New Year's hours early for kids, just so parents can do that. It's on Netflix. There's actually there's there's shows there you can down you can play at any time. Uh, during oh, nice. The year. Uh, there's and they're they're themed. Some of them are for this uh, kids shows that they like and the kids. Characters are actually doing the countdown. We didn't do it. We thought about it. We thought about doing that after, but eh. it's yeah. so funny how it doesn't mean all that much anymore. <laughs> they, 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 they actually need to do that for adults too, so we can go to bed at a normal hour. You know, <laughs> have the Game of Thrones. You know, have Game of Thrones do a countdown at like nine o'clock, so we can go to bed. <laughs> so you have to move to the, uh, the, the West Coast because if you do that, then we have one, which is yours. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> good reason to move over here. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's this is actually the first episode, I think, of all our years that we haven't done a sort of uh, predictions episode. Maybe we'll do a few in the next one, but uh, we haven't got any prep for that. So let's just jump into uh, something I thought was really cool. Was It was back in... It might even be in late November, but definitely early December. Google launched a little video called The Year in Search 2016. If you haven't seen it, uh, I won't say much more other than just watch it. It's, at the beginning, it seems a little glum, but it's it's so well done. And uh, I, re- I really enjoy watching it. you seen it? It was, it was pretty interesting. I, it left me thinking, though, I wish I knew more about, you know, they, it's, it's for those who haven't seen it, it's really a mashup of lots of video imagery of things that happened in 2016. But I really wanted them to relate it to search more because it was more just like a history of 2016. And I really was saying, well, was that video clip searched more than this video clip? And I really wanted them to tie it into search more, but it was really a good retrospective over to 2016. Yeah, it was. It really was. And, and I would expect that the connection was, although like you said, they, they, they really didn't tie it together blatantly, but that these were all things that were heavily searched. Obviously they were. They were all pretty big news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty obvious, but I mean, how we could have made the same video would have been just about the same, just based on what we can see. Hey, yeah. 
Um, the, the things that I saw on TV in 2016 yeah. have been the same. <laughs> <laughs> the radio on, this is what I heard. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, hey, I actually I jumped into a podcast recently. I didn't originally like it. It's um, Twig, This Week in Google, with Leah Laporte and, and all those guys. Yeah, I've listened to that a few times. I, you know, I didn't Originally, I didn't like it because I thought it was just too much chatter. And now I've actually come to appreciate the chatter because it, it does kind of provide a little insight into the minds of, of people that are kind of in a, a different area of the world for me. I mean, they're in the enterprise level. They're talking like, like you are, but they're talking um, to people who are in the high echelons. Like they talk to Sergey. They talk to people who are really at the top. And you get some interesting mm-hmm. insights. I've actually started to really enjoy it. So if anyone hasn't watched or listened to it, Twig this week in Google. I got to say, it's pretty good. I've, I've learned quite a bit actually in a couple episodes. What's what's the history behind Leo? I know he was he was tied to some computer publications for a while. I can't remember. There's a, there's an interesting history about about him and how he went through this technology evolution along with it. He's been around for quite some time. I can't remember exactly, but he, he he's definitely a good personality to to listen to. He's got some decent insights. He gets a little crazy at times though, but that's always fun. We do yeah. the same. Yeah. Well, we don't know what that's like. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kind of cool. Um, also, Stefan Spencer has a good one. I've been listening to that occasionally. Um, if, you know, if I had any, I guess feedback, is I think he he could use a co-host. Well, so yeah. He, I think I agree. I think he could use a co-host. Some people work better without him. I couldn't do it without you. I mean, I need a co-host. I think he'd be, yeah. yeah I, I think he'd be, but it just doesn't feel as energetic. It's not as fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he has um, guests on, but with a co-host, you can really be on your game, or much more so, even though I know I mm-hmm. defy that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you can have someone sort of playing off the words or questions and uh, it's much better. I think he's got a better dynamic. So that's the only recommendation I'd have. He's got some fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that's that's a good part of it too. It's 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 better to listen to a conversation, I think, than to listen to someone talking at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so have you seen the videos, Eric Ng and Mark? I can never say Mark's last name. Trapenhagen. Traphagen. Um, they they've been doing a series of videos. Have you seen any of those? I have seen a couple over the last year. I haven't been. <laughs> so they're definitely interesting, and, they, and, and Eric's brilliant. So they, they they always talk about some interesting stuff, and Mark's great too. Not to leave him out, but but they're fun to watch. But it's interesting to me because when I first started watching them, the the only thing I could focus on, I couldn't focus on the, the great topics they were talking about, was the fact that it was so scripted. And it was like they were almost reading off of cue cards. It was, and it was almost comical. It was funny, but uh, it's, they, they do talk about some really good stuff on that show. They do, and, and it's, it's it's like uh, another uh, podcast. Actually, I'm not sure if you only can access it. I don't know via the paid area. I'm part of uh, um, uh, the local search forums with uh, Mike Blumenthal. Anyway, he posts something that's uh, the weekly roundup kind of thing, and it's with him and Mary Bowling, and it's really good. But honestly, it could be a podcast. I don't need to see them talking on a screen. Yeah. And, and, and it, it would be a lot easier to download. There's a whole lot of benefits there. Um, but it is fantastic. I mean, they really do share some good insights. Uh, so Yeah, there's lots of good ones out there. And, and I, I, the, 
Um, local university, that's what it's called. If anyone wants to learn a lot about local, it's not inexpensive. It is for what you get, but it's certainly uh, it's worthwhile. I highly recommend it. I, I used to be on the faculty of local university for a while when we used to do a lot of seminars with them, um, with our company, through, to a lot of our markets. So really good group of people at that local university. Very highly recommended. It's yep. really nice to be able to go to one place and learn a lot and know you're getting the right info. That's hard to find these days. Except for this podcast. Yeah, well, there's a reason we're on episode 281. <laughs> exactly. Because we haven't gotten to 282 yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into this. We've done more gabbing than we normally do, but I think we gave some good, pin, good uh, tips there. There's some great podcasts to listen to. Anyway, after the year in search, there's also a whole bunch of news here to share. One is, and I thought this was interesting, I posted this, planning on using it on a show before uh, this, uh, the uh, Christmas holidays, but it just didn't happen. And it's interesting. It's called Google t- teamed up with a, a, a company called Gupshup. Say, say that five times real fast. G-U-P. Anyway, to develop voice-activated actions for Google Home. So for all those out there who don't know much about this, Google Home is a, uh, um, a, a physical product that you can buy and put in your home, um, and you can ask it questions, you can tell it to play a certain whatever uh, video you own within Google Play on your, your screen on your TV, you can have it turn off lights, turn them on. all depends, of course, if you have all the hardware that is involved here. You know, a Chrome uh, key or, you know, a Google Chrome plug-in um, or smart lights, bulbs or whatever it is. Lots of stuff. But it all does sync with all these things. And it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, good old Canadians, we don't have it. We don't even have Alexa here. Um, see, see, and I've been looking at, I've been looking at both these, and it's Google Home is the, the Google competitor to Amazon's Alexa, and I, I've been looking at both of them, and I think Google is like that fresh young kid that comes into the marketing firm with all these great ideas, and he's got tons of potential, and that someday he's going to run his own company, versus Alexa, who's a grumpy old guy who's been doing this forever and knows knows everybody, all the players already, but it's not willing to change, right? So Alexa connects to a whole lot more devices than Google Home does. It has a lot more functionality than Google Home has um, because Google Home's brand new, and I think there, there's a lot going to be coming for it, and it's going to get better and better. Um, but it, right now, if I had to pick between the two, it would be Alexa all day, every day. Yeah, well, it's interesting here. Uh, a couple of other no- news items about Alexa is that the Win Las Vegas is going to put a, the Amazon Alexa in every room uh, by summer 2017. That's pretty cool. Um, it's going to be interesting about the, you know, what if someone forgets to log out or, or something like that? Because essentially it, it connects with your profile online. Um, yeah, that's a, good questions. A little concerning. Um, also, OV, I believe this is a, a product that's essentially wireless headphones. Anyway, they're going to be putting the Amazon's Alexa inside the headphones. Um Pretty amazing. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. It, it couldn't be the earbuds. It'd have to be full-size headphones, at least at this point. Well, because but with a, 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 you know, something in in the, you know, those have they have those neck connectors that rest on your neck. That yeah, that's true. Hardware there, it could be in there. I mean, it also isn't there. Again, being the newbie in Canadian Canada here, I believe there's the Alexa Dot or Amazon Dot. What were they called? Those little. It's, there's a dot. 
Yeah, the dot dot is tied to to, to echo. So there, Alexa has echo, and echo is like the the base unit. And you get these dots, which are little smaller versions of the base unit. So the base unit is about three or four inches round and stands about I don't know eight eight or nine ten inches tall. The the dot is the same circumference, three or four inches around, but it only stands about an inch tall. And basically, you put one of those in every room, and they're wirelessly connected to the base Alexa. So you can basically use Alexa in any room in your house. Um, you don't have to go to the room that Alexa's sitting in. So basically, it's just an extension for Alexa. Apparently, you can have that in your car, too. You can put the, the uh, yeah, as dot. As long as you have wireless, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as long as you have wireless. So the same concept could be for the, the headphones, too, then. Yeah, but that's but I'm saying that's why it's pretty substantial. You're not going to sit that dot thing on your neck, right? <laughs> no, no. They could probably yeah. format the sizing and uh, a little oblong. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's a lot of things. I've got the wireless light bulbs in my man cave, and they're amazing because I control everything by my phone. I don't have Alexa or Google Home yet because I'm still kind of waiting for it to, to to get a little better. But I've been researching other ways to automate them. There's there's wireless connections to your garage door that you can connect to your phone. So once your house your phone connects to your wireless network of your house. They know your home. So as you're driving in your driveway and your phone connects, your garage door automatically opens. You don't have to do anything. Just driving in the driveway, your garage door knows your home, opens up, and when you get inside, it closes. You know, it's just like so many automations coming for homes. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm on top of reading about those, that's for sure. Well, the reason I brought this up was that bot builders um, can now use Gushup's tools or Gupshup's tools, sorry, to create voice-activated bots called Actions. And these actions will have searches. Um, hell, you, you, probably this, this imagination can't even go as far as what you can do with these things. And they're also going to make it a lot more accessible. They're going to um, some of these bot builders are creating WYSIWYG bot builders that will also integrate with uh, Gupshup and again in turn allow you to create actions for Google Home uh, right out of your house. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it's a. a yeah, I was going to say, it's a, how do you th- foresee this? I mean, this is, again, in its infancy, um, but it's going to have an impact on search one of these days because this will be the, the arrival of really mainstream voice-activated search. And the voice-activated search you use on your phones, people don't use that much because they're used to typing. Um, but I think this, the, the Google Home, the Alexa Echo, and all this, that's really going to bring voice-activated search into the mainstream when this becomes standard and every day when kids grow up not remembering a time when you didn't talk to your house, right? <laughs> Voice-activated search will be the norm. And 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 so we, we have to start watching and paying attention to this from um, a search perspective. How does this work? Can, I couldn't tell you right now. Um, I could probably dig and find it, but I couldn't tell you if, if I asked Alexa, you know, what's the capital of Washington? And it told me, I couldn't tell you what search product it used to get me that information. I'm sure there's one out there. I know I'm sure it's available. I can figure that out. And I should be doing that. And we should be understanding that um, moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I the, the name escapes me, but there is an article that I noticed uh, before the holidays. Uh, well, actually, might have been in November. Um, uh, one of the SEOs in our community had created a list of the um, of examples of search terms and stuff, and how they were provided, or you know, what kind of answers were provided, um, mm-hmm. ways of using it, and how search was affected. I mean, it was interesting uh, for what little I skimmed of it. Um, again, not really my area yet. I don't think it's it's urgent enough to be. Um, I know that uh, it's um, Amazon, Amazon Alexa is huge now. 
I mean, it's it, it's oh, yeah. not massive. It's not everything, but there's a huge following, and a lot of people have it. So uh, this kind of search is very possible. In fact, you can even order through Amazon just by voice now through Alexa. Uh, imagine they probably did that mm-hmm. for beginning, but uh, it's apparently not a not a horrible process. It's a little slow, yeah. but it's not horrible. Yeah. And, and don't be surprised if, I mean, they're already late to the game, but Apple's going to jump into this at some point, too. I almost guarantee it. Uh, and one of the major car makers is actually building the Alexa into the cars as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> too much fun. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to talk about some local SEO tools and how they're not everything, and uh, a ton of Mueller files. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So I read this uh, really interesting uh, article today from Greg Gifford. I, I like reading his stuff on Search Engine Land. Uh, and Greg talks about local mostly. Anyway, he was mentioning that uh, he'd recently dealt with a client who'd asked for a number of their links to be removed um, they wanted to have it done, and he asked why, and they said, well, because Amazon, or because Moz, or Amazon, Moz had noted that these links were high spam value, they didn't have enough domain authority, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it would have resulted in losing 80% of their links, as it turned out. Um, and what happened was uh, it became very clear to Greg and his team when they looked at these links, they were actually the kind of links this client does want. The reason they don't have high domain authority the reason they look like they had a high spam score is 
frankly, because these things are automated, these tools, and they're not looking at everything that values is, is really concerned with local. For, for one thing, I made some good points. Local sites generally don't have a lot of, don't do a lot of link building, so they won't have a high domain authority. They often, let's say, don't have a ton of content. It might look a little thin, but they're highly, they're hyper local. You know, it could be a church site. It could be um, uh, a local politician. It could be, although they'd have a lot of content. I'm sure it would be any good. Probably be pretty thin. But <laughs> um, various things. And I don't have it open here. He had some good points. Let me just open it up, and I'll, I'll try to do it all. Look, but I think this goes well. I, I, I read this article, too, and I think it's a really good article around local SEO tools. But this really applies to any SEO tools, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, especially those ones that you see them all over the place. And unfortunately, too many people rely on them, those automated audit tools, because there's so many pieces of those things that are subjective, right? Um, that, that if it tells you your, um, your title tag is too long, right? Well, how does it really know? So if, if it's just doing a character count, how does it know what your targeted term is versus, you know, the content of the page? Those kind of things. A lot of this stuff is subjective, and this this article does a great job of explaining why some of these things are subjective, and you need to look at them. You can't just rely on the tool itself. You have to be able to analyze what you get out of the tool, and it's not just local tools. It's all SEO tools. Yeah. Well, and a couple of other points you made here. I, I thought they were really well thought out. Uh, some sites are large with few links because most build, local businesses run their own sites. They don't do any link building, so they won't have any inbound links. Uh, large site with few links, yeah. Uh, low number of internal links. Again, businesses run their own sites. They're not optimizing internal link structure. External links sometimes are in navigation, um, and there's often a low number of pages. Uh, these are all things that just can be a red flag if you're thinking it from a, a, a standard organic SEO perspective if you're not considering local. And these tools don't consider local, uh, most of them. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they don't really do a good job of it yet, uh, the ones I've seen anyway. So that's just, a, like you said, it's just an example of local, but it works for everything. Don't take this stuff at face value. You know, you have to learn a little bit. You have to apply some knowledge and experience. And, uh, well, that's what we're here for, too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's it's interesting, and, and I know there have been times I've seen clients have put too much weight on these tools and uh, have suffered from it, so please don't. Do that. Yeah. And remember, for every single factor in the algorithms, there are outliers, meaning that for, for if, you're look, if you're building a tool or you're using a tool and it says this is right and this is wrong, the tool is broken because there's always going to be things where well, this is right in most cases, but in some cases it's, it's wrong, and this is wrong in most cases. But in some cases, it's right. So you have to you have to have that knowledge. You have to have the experience to apply that the, the, the data you get out of those tools to your specific circumstance. Perfect. Just... All right. Well, let's get into the Mueller files. <laughs> now, John is looking trim. Uh, a video of him. Like, wow. His... Looks like he's been losing some weight. He he got to his New Year's resolution early, apparently. 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 <laughs> Well, anyway, he has been busy, and uh, as always, and he had a lot of uh, great pieces of news in the last little while. I wanted to share some. Uh, they're all kind of small, but they're uh, they're interesting. So, first of all, um, I thought this was kind of cute in a way. <laughs> he said that most 404s, these are the ones you see in your Google Search Console, aren't the site's fault. This is quote-unquote. People plus sites link in the weirdest broken ways. 
hiding the errors just doesn't seem right. So in other words, uh, what he's saying here is that these 404s, you may not be able to affect them. They're not your not your fault. There's not things you can fix unless you contact other people, and good luck. Um, and they don't want to hide these errors. They wouldn't just not show them because they don't think you can fix them. They want to make sure that everyone can see these. Uh, but then you don't stress out of them. Don't stress over them. They're not stuff you can tr- control, then... That's it. Let's be let's be clear though. The the 404 errors that he's talking about are listing in your Google search console or your analytics, right? So it's errors that are when someone links to your site and the link is created wrong, right? So they they didn't they yeah. they misspelled the page or something. If you have 404 errors in the navigation of your site internally, those are going to be a problem. You need to fix those. If it's something you control, you need to fix it. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference when you're looking at those those tools, but you need to understand if you crawl your site with something like uh, Screaming Frog and it finds 404s because it's crawling your site, those are a problem. Those need fixed. But if you have a list of 404s because people link to your site wrong, that's what he's talking about here. Yeah, yeah good. Um, next in the Mueller files is that there are differences in Google Search Console link reports for small and large sites. This is the first time that they've actually said this. Um, so when you're doing a Google Search Console link report, or it'll show you, um, in general, this is what I've always assumed, a, a, a portion of the links putting to your website. Now, yeah, every, everybody's always assumed that. It's always, and they've said it over and over again. Yeah. They're not showing them all. Yeah. So, But this is interesting. Now, let's read this uh, uh, quote on here. We don't have any strict guidelines on what's shown there and what's not. It's essentially a sample of the links. So for smaller sites, it's probably more closer to all of the links. For larger sites, it is definitely a sample where we try to show the ones that are more relevant. It doesn't take out, t- doesn't take things out that are no follow. It doesn't take things out that are in the disavow file. So it's more a matter of what we know of all these links. Uh, uh, sorry, more a matter of we know all of these links exist for your site, and here's what we think is a relevant sample for yours. Unquote. So essentially. <laughs> it's not a lot of help to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting out of this for me is we've always assumed that the sampling that they showed us were the more relevant links. This is the first time I can remember them saying it was those are the more relevant, the ones we think are more relevant for you. Even though we know it's a sampling, it was never really clear about whether it was a random sampling or whether it was, you know, these are more relevant than the ones we're not showing you. And this is the first time I remember them actually saying they're more relevant. I hear what you're saying, and I wonder whether or not that's what he meant. I, I, I think this is a relevant sample. Are these the most relevant links? Could be a different way of looking at it, though. But what, what it says here, right, in, in this quote, um, is what a sample yeah, where we try to show you the ones that are more relevant. Oh, okay. More relevant. Yeah, sure. I've missed that part. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, so that's good to hear. Um, not something that I caught out of that originally. Um Hmm. All right. So, what does it mean to everyone? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's not. I don't take a lot of. of uh, I don't know. I haven't really considered them very heavily. I've found them kind of useless. I use other programs to do my link research, like yeah, link research tools. Um, but it is interesting to hear that the the relevance is high. What, what would you What would you use it for, there, John? I don't use it either. Yeah. 
I mean, there's there's not a lot because it is only a sampling, you know, and it changes. I mean, it's not always the same sampling. There's no real way to utilize it on a consistent basis for any kind of research, for any kind of data comparisons. Um, you kind of have to go outside of Google for that, in my opinion. Oh, I'm not you can just download the stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why it's there anymore. Actually, I mean they they get rid of a lot of things that don't seem to have much value. I'm not sure why that one's still there. <laughs> Someone actually asked that. So why do you have that? And he countered with, "Should we remove it?" <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, yeah, but- yes, <laughs> yes. I think they should. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. The, the one thing, the reason he kept it there, one of the reasons I think he said. I was either this conversation or another was that, you know, you can look at these and see if things look wrong. You know, are you getting links from things that just make no sense, and maybe you can show some problems arising. Uh, maybe it's just it's a test. If that's what if that's what it's for, why don't you show them all to us so we can check out and make sure all of our links are <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I <agree. laughs> um, and I think part of the reason uh, I'm hardly a Google apologist, but I think part of the reason is. They've got so much overhead, CPU overhead. I can't even imagine how much that would require. Yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, delete. Get rid of. All right. Next here, personalization affects search analytics positioning in Google Search Console. This I knew, but it isn't. It's always interesting to hear him confirm stuff, uh, and it's pretty obvious too. If you're dealing with a local client and you look in the Google Search Console at your search analytics positioning, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it doesn't look anything like what you can see online. Um, mm-hmm. It's based on what people are visiting. Like, these are what Google has recorded as people visiting your site through search queries, but it's also based on their personalization. So if they've been to your site a few times, if they've looked up your site before, they're going to show up, you're going to show up better, so you're going to be number one for them when they do a search. Well, in the Google Search Console, we'll show you that you're highly ranked, number one under this phrase, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very difficult to use the data, um, but it is interesting. I like looking at it. I just don't know really what to conclude from it. <laughs> I think one of the things that I use that for is is yes, you look at it and you can see okay, this is the different positions this particular URL has been in for whatever the period of time is. But it will also show you the various URLs that will show up in a search result for a particular search phrase, if you, if you get that lucky to actually have your search phrase in there. Uh, <laughs> but that, to me, is more valuable than the positions, because now I can see, okay, for this search phrase, I'm showing, I've had five different URLs show up in search results. That tells me I'm not targeted enough on one of those pages. If I'm getting that many different search, many URLs show up in search results for the same phrase, that means I've got too much cannibalization on my site, too many pages competing for the same term, and having that targeting distributed between too many pages. If I can find a way to consolidate that, consolidate my authority on that topic on one or two pages instead of five, those one or two pages are going to do better than any of those five pages would do. So that's where I look at that. Yeah. All right. Good one. All right. So next, uh, next Mueller file. Mueller recommends implementing two verification methods for Search Console. Now, I've never heard of this before, but I, I get it. I, after reading it, it made good sense. So what he's saying is so when you create uh, or you want to get access to your Search Console for your website, sometimes you will just say, okay, confirm it by connecting to my Google Analytics. Often that's what I do because if I've already set that up, why do more? Well, mm-hmm. what if you get hacked? What if someone gets access to your, Google, your, your account? 
Uh, it's going to be a lot harder. Or it's going to be pretty easy for them to take advantage of that if you've only one, one, done one verification process. However, if you've done the domain verification process, you've gone in and added keys, confirming that you do uh, own this site based on what Google's asked you to do, it's not going to be easy to be hacked. It's, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Uh, so I, I, I see that. It's a pretty good tip. Have you seen that before? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, but that makes a lot of sense to me, too. Yeah. If you can do more than one, it's, it's going to be uh, helpful. Yes, yeah, like, kind of like two-factor now, two-factor authentication for, for domains, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I like that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we come back. We've got, uh, some, well, a good reminder from John. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So what reminder would you like to share? <laughs> Just a quick, actually, Google told us about this. This is rare. Google told us about a penalty that's coming up, to say, on, on January 10th of this year, which is next week. That is next week, right? I'm losing track of time already. It's only the first week of January. Um, <laughs> but they're going to implement their, their new Google interstitials penalty, meaning they've, they've, they told us about this last September. They've given us plenty of notice, plenty of time to work, understand what this penalty is, 
is, uh, make any changes to our websites, to mobile websites, to make sure we don't get hit by this. Um, and if you're just now catching on, you've got a week or so to get it fixed. Um, but this is just one last warning, that reminding everybody, get this taken care of. If you're using interstitials on your mobile site, make sure that you're not going to get nailed by this penalty because you've got, you've got a little bit of time left before it hits on the January 10th. How would you describe interstitials to the listeners? Um, that's a good question because uh, there's, there's a, a number of variations of the way they work. And, and I guess the basic is if you if you load a page in a, in a mobile browser and you get one of those screen covering things that, that ask you to, to 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 download an app or take some kind of action that you have to either dismiss or take an action on before you can see the content, that's what's going to get you nailed. And there's a few of them that will work. They're, they're going to pass mustard. Like if, if it's one of those things that it just drops down a little bit on the top of your screen and asks you if you want to do this and you hit the X and it disappears, but it doesn't cover up all the content, you'll get away with that. They'll let you get away with that. But if it covers up most of the content and, and asks the user to do something prior to seeing the content, you're going to have problems. I wonder how many vendors are, are waiting to the last minute to remove theirs so they get it. <laughs> Uh, I bet you a lot, and, and, and yeah, that's a really good point. And I bet you there's a lot of websites that use these these services that don't realize this is happening, which which could also be an issue. And it'll be it'll be. And to me, it's it's unique because it's not often. I think I can't remember another time. And correct me if if, if you can think of one, but I can't remember another time that Google said months in advance on this date we're going to implement this this penalty if you meet these particular requirements. I can't ever remember them doing that again. So that tells me that it's going to be significant impact. Yeah, I guess not. It wasn't a penalty. The only one I can think of where they gave us a lot of a lot of foreknowledge was the mobile-friendly update, but it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Huh. Good. Well, yeah, like I say, I wonder how many people are going to wait till last second and whether or not they're going to get their ass kicked for that. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would certainly go ahead and get this switched immediately. Just don't, don't, don't poke the bear. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Unless you're a bigger bear, and I don't think there's many bigger bears no, than Google. No. <laughs> you listen to our show as much as I wish. Uh, <laughs> okay, so back in December, there was an article I wanted to share. Um, it's very small, but I just thought it was cool. Google has updated their AMP error reporting, so that's accelerated mobile pages. Their error mm-hmm. reporting to show critical and non-critical errors. I think that's important because oftentimes people get bogged down trying to fix non-critical errors when they're really, you know, they should be prioritizing. Uh, yeah, they did make, make that change. They're actually sending out notifications on this too because I started getting some in my email. I'm like, why are we having errors on AMP? And then it's like the non-critical things. I'm like, oh, that's why. That's interesting. They're doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I actually forgot to add at the beginning of this, all of this, because it was pretty important. I think it just happened a couple weeks ago. Um, the first uh, notices about uh, secure forums were dropping on Google Search, Search Console for users. So what this means is if you have forums on your site and they are not on an HTTPS connection, um, Google will start, first of all, they're notifying people now, if you have a Google Search Console, that these pages are unsecure and soon will show as a broken um, or insecure page within Google Chrome. Um, And that's not good. You don't want those showing up that way because insecurity can drop the amount of... uh, 
uh, conversions you're getting on forums and, and, and etc. Uh, really just break some trust. Uh, so if you haven't converted to HTTPS, start thinking about it. If you need help with it, let me know. Something that we're going to be doing a lot of. I'm trying to ramp this yeah. up because it's going to be a busy year of, of conversions to SSL on websites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be the news of the year, in fact. It's going to be one of the biggest areas. Yeah, this whole thing about, you know, a form could be something as simple as enter your email address to receive our newsletter, right? You put your email address and hit a button. That's a form. If that form, if that is not on a secure page, you're going to get, you're going to get these indicators, which will scare the heck out of your, your users on your website. So it's crazy. So, and, and you know what? It's, as much as it's been kind of nice just going the easy route and not doing it, frankly, it's, it's long time coming. Uh, these, these, you know, this stuff should be secure. This is content that has a personal nature to it. This stuff that people don't want necessarily to share with everyone, and uh, it shouldn't be easily hacked. So here we are. Yep. All right, uh, let's do one question. We're pretty, pretty good on time here. We've done a long show, but uh, we've got a good one here from Brian uh, Wright, I believe is how you say his name. Anyway. To summarize, it's a long question. So to summarize this first part. Um, his new his client didn't do redirects. This new client he has, um, and over, they, they forgot to when they put their new website up. And as a result, uh, their rankings completely plummeted. And they waited too long to ask for help. So says end quote here. Though we've fixed every error in Google Search Console, the crawl rate has been essentially zero for a month. Even after we resolved all obvious on-page issues submitted a sitemap, etc. It's as if Google has lost all trust in their site. My question is, is there any way to help Google trust them again other than time? What do you think, John? Where would you say? Well, I'd want to look at what they did with the sitemap submission because that would be the first place I'd go. And and you can you can actually put in your Google sitemap, the XML sitemap, you can tell it different pages have different levels of priority and when to revisit them. And it's a suggestion, but if you if you give your top level pages a higher priority and ask them to visit them more often with that sitemap, I'd want to look at what they did with the sitemap submission. If they just had some random tool create one and submitted it, that might not have been enough there to get it done. Um, the other thing is start getting some new links built to the site. I mean, new links um, are going to get the, the site crawled a lot quicker. Very true. Not the easiest thing to do. It's very true. I mean, one of the, the points that was brought up, and it's dead on, I think, is uh, that it would be a good idea for them to create, to create some new content, some fresh content that Google can index and um, you know, mm-hmm. carefully embed links to key pages of the, of the site. Uh, that was a recommendation from our good old Mark Taylor from the forums. It's um, a great one. Yeah, and uh, I think that's that's yeah, it's a good idea. It's a, it give Google a reason to go there. Uh, and that's a solid point. Uh, other than that, I do believe a lot of this comes back in time. Um, of course, we don't know how long this has been. I think he said a couple months, but, and that would be okay. It wouldn't be such a bad thing. And, see, and a couple months wouldn't cause a problem like that. So you, to me, if if you change your site, and, and this is I've seen this happen many times, if you launch a new site and don't do your redirects and don't do that URL transition strategy, and it's been three months, um, you can still do the URL transitioning and actually capture some of that existing equity still. If it's been 
beyond six months, you pretty much lost all the existing equity. But three months is still enough time to capture some of that. So unless it's been a year or more, I couldn't see them totally abandoning the site from a crawl perspective. No, it's interesting. It doesn't say anything about time. I must have imagined that. It's um, interesting. They mentioned Bluehost uh, built the site and neglected to... uh, do you redirects? Uh, how many times oh, do I see that? Get, it drives me crazy. Not from ne- them necessarily, but go get called them out. You might as well. <laughs> well, no, they they should be slapped. I mean, that's not yeah. that destroys a business. It's that simple. They can just completely flatten it. Uh, who can go that many months without sales? No one. Um, yeah, not a small business, that's for sure. But there's a lot of companies. There's a lot of companies out there that are either hosts or web development companies that say they do SEO and think that that means writing titles and descriptions and 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 having you know some basic on-page stuff. There's a lot of pieces of SEO these companies don't know, don't understand, and, and honestly can't do if they did. So to your point, Ross, I mean you got to be really careful when you're launching a new site or redesigning a site that your company that's doing the work knows how to transition. To this day, I still, at least once or twice a month, will find sites that will relaunch. The developer still has the whole site blocked by the robots.txt file because they forgot. <laughs> yeah. They forgot from it. It still happens to this day a couple times a month. It just drives me batty. Wow. I'm going to year that's now. Not so much every month anymore, thank God. But yeah. it's uh, horrendous. Well, actually, it's, it's pretty sweet from our perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's what they call low-hanging fruit. Yeah, <laughs> we can make this work. <laughs> Especially if they got good content and they've done everything else right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a whole list, and you know I, we are remiss in this episode. The last time we had one, we had planned on another one the next week, and I believe we were talking about. I'm going to revisit it, but I believe we were talking about doing a show on was it links? I don't recall, but we're going to have to look it up. I think it was some SEO 101 stuff because we. We're uh, chastised for not doing enough 101. So let's yes. make that a point for the next show. And I apologize to listeners that we're waiting for that. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed the show. I think we we, we delivered. Yay! First one. Yay! 2017. 2017 is in the books and starting off off starting off strong. Excellent. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Karkat, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 